a long time from now, in a galaxy 600 years away, it's Star Battles! Go, go out and see it. Are you telling me there's a way to not make the NBA a shit show? Drink away your misery. It's time for the shakedown. everybody and welcome to episode nine of the shakedown i am austin stevens with me as always dan schweizer and i'm dylan webster this week's episode is brought to you by disappointing your family because it's what we're doing right now yep Mm -hmm. it's time for geekdom geekdom all right so this week we are talking about mass effect andromeda yeah. We are returning to the Mass Effect universe, but in a different galaxy. Ooh. Yeah. Pretty excited about it. We've been waiting seven years. Yeah, it's seven felt like years. 20. <sighs> Long wait for this one. This is, um, I gotta tell you guys, this is my favorite video game franchise. I agree with that. I'm still partial to Assassin's Creed. He also doesn't play Mass Effect. I do not. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm also partial to the Madden series. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, but not exactly <laughs> fantasy. Well, it kind of is. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I get to is. create myself as a quarterback. That's I also a... get to trade for guys that would never be able to play for the Bears in a hundred years. Anyways, like, we're not talking about Sadden. Yeah. I mean, Madden. So <laughs> let's get back to the game that released yes. last Tuesday. So this still is a Mass Effect game. Yes, it, it is. It very much feels like a Mass Effect game. Oh, but, so much. It's like jumping right back in. But it really has nothing to do with it. <laughs> so the basic setup of this is in between... One and two, the Mass Effect uh, one and no, two. No, no, no. In between right? two and three. Oh, in between two and three. Okay. Yeah. After I the, time the events of two. Um, human. Uh, I guess just all the races in the Milky Way. Uh, right. Well, the the four big ones really: the Solarians, the Turians, the Asari, and the humans. Yeah, and some Krogan. Yeah, they threw in some Krogan, yeah. but um. It doesn't seem like a large population went. Okay. Yeah, and so they all send uh, basically colonization teams to the Andromeda galaxy in the hopes of finding habitable planets there. And your yes. job as the Pathfinder is to find these planets. And that's basically the whole premise behind the game. And, you know, there's some new alien races that want to kill you, as always. But As always. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it Damn goes. aliens. Um, so the way, the way it works, which was helpful for me, cause I was kind of wondering how exactly it worked with everyone coming with communication, that sort of thing, whether they'd set up a new council or whatever. So right, right, yeah. ahead of the four arcs, which is the colonization ships of the four species, um, they sent the Nexus, which is basically the new Citadel. Um, not quite as big as the Citadel, but it had to be a spaceship, so couldn't exactly make it quite as large. 
And then mm-hmm. each arc has, I think it's 20,000 um, It's something inhabitants like that, yeah. um, in cryosleep for the 635-year journey. Yes. It's been over 600 years now since yes. uh, the Reapers attacked the Milky Way. Yep. And they have no idea that that happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's talk about gameplay. It just feels like getting right back into Mass Effect Three. Yeah, it's, which is which is great because you still yeah, the have gameplay was the exploration kind of mode of it, and then there's also the battle system. Yes. Um, but it does have some improvements I've seen so far mm-hmm. that. You're actually able to switch your classification now, which I'm not oh, sure yes. you were able to do that. No, uh, you in the could, previous games, you could uh, you could basically uh, break down your your skill set and change everything over to a different classification. Yeah, like you couldn't just switch between them like you can now. Yeah, which so is if great. I want to be an infiltrator for one mission and then a technician for the next and then a vanguard for the next, I can do that and it doesn't affect my skill set at all. Yeah, because that was always the scariest part where it's just like, hello, welcome to this new game that you know nothing about. How would you like to play it Pick for the rest class. of the time? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was that that was tough. And even I didn't realize you could do that in this one. So, again, I was like. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, I'm going to stick with Infiltrator because it's what I usually do. I think I I forget the name of the one that I picked, but it's the one where you start with the charge, and the charge is sweet. Sentinel? Yeah, that's what it is. I'm a Sentinel, so I do a, I do a charge, and I do mm-hmm. a, a ground blast. Yeah, just like And Korra. I can throw energy javelins. Yeah, I just unlocked that skill. Those are sweet. Um, yeah, so um, the the game start with where it kicks off the the arc. The human arc has just gotten to Andromeda and has started waking up their initial exploration crews, which includes you, your father, and your sister, and then you know other parts of the team. Some shit goes wrong, obviously. Uh, <clears throat> I suppose not necessarily your sister, your twin, because you can play as the male or the female writer sibling. Yeah, and And I love that they did that. Yeah, that's really cool, because then it keeps the the other sibling involved, uh, which we won't get into, but they they exist and they are involved in the story in a way. Mm -hmm. They're not dead. They are not dead. (laughs) Uh, So... Humanity arrives at their first planet. Turns out, not as habitable as we thought it was from the Milky Way. Yeah, because, I mean, looking at another galaxy and then traveling for 600 years, why would anything change? Nothing's going to change in 600 years, Austin. Yeah, what the heck? Look at Earth. Nothing has changed. Uh, So, yeah, this planet, Habitat 7, is a shit show. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so you go down, you land, and even and just right off the bat, it's open world gameplay. Yep, loved it. 
And I got a little overwhelmed, I got to tell you. <laughs> because I'm one of these people where if I play a game like this, even in Gears of War where it's like pretty straightforward, where mm-hmm. it's just like, here's a hallway, walk down the hallway and shoot people. I'm the kind of person <laughs> that will walk into every corner to see every, if there's a collectible. Side, yeah. <laughs> so I was constantly checking the map to see if I had gotten everywhere and gotten everything. Right. And so it just takes me forever. And oh, it's fun, yeah. I know it's but it kind of gives me a headache, but it, but it is fun. Absolutely. Um, I think my favorite part so far has been just kind of being able to do whatever you want, like not just in, in the gameplay, but in like the dialogue options. It's not like, cause they did away with the Paragon and Renegade setting. So mm-hmm. you can say something that the dialogue is clearly meant to make you kind of be a dick, but there's no like negative ramification from it where <clears throat> next time you interact with, with someone, it's going to be like, Oh, you're you're a dick, so you're you have to say these awful things. Yeah. So I enjoy that because sometimes it just feels like being a dick is the answer. And maybe I don't want to have to be a dick to that person next time. Sometimes. <clears throat> I enjoy being nice though, because then you get things. Sometimes. Actually, no, because you can haggle. You can be like, dude, what's with these prices? And then he'll say, I am sorry, Pathfinder. <laughs> Let me lower these prices for you. Yeah, so pretty fun. much. Why, uh, can't it do, why can't that work in real life? Are you a Pathfinder? Maybe. <laughs> what if just, I drove a Pathfinder? Ooh. Fair you enough. You be able to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so are you, you're to the point where you can explore the galaxy, right? Oh, yes, I am much farther than you, my friend. Yeah, you're a lot farther than me. Uh, so how's that going for you, the the exploring part? Like, how open is that? It's it's fairly open. It's not as extensive as, say, Mass Effect 2, where, like, you could land on almost every planet and, like, do mining and stuff like that. Oh, um, yeah. And... Well, I guess two wasn't landing. You were sending probes into the planets to mine minerals, right? I think so. Yeah, because one, you landed on almost every planet. Two, they were like, that was too much. Let's just probe. And three, they were like, let's balance it out a little of both. Yeah. So in this one, they trimmed it in a little more even. Um, A lot of the galaxies, or a lot of of the... uh, star systems i suppose um that i've that i've visited so far and i've done one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven i think i've done 12 or 13 systems oh nice and i've only landed on four okay so you don't land on as many and uh i think i've sent out maybe 20 or 25 probes. Yeah. So there's there's not going to be... Every planet doesn't require you sending out a probe, and but 
almost every system, you will send out at least one probe. Yeah, cool. So there might only be one planet in the system that has something worth probing, but usually you'll you'll send one out in the system. Is <clears throat> is the Andromeda Galaxy as big as the Milky Way? Well, here's the thing. We're not even exploring the Andromeda Galaxy. We're exploring the Helios Cluster in the Andromeda Galaxy. Oh, okay, so you don't even leave the Helios Cluster? No, not so far. Oh. Um, so I don't know if that's something that they'll get into later, but also remember that in the Milky Way, their way of traveling between systems was the Mass Effect relays. Oh, that's right, and we don't have those anymore. Yeah, the clusters, there's there's no good way. You're You're still basically... Uh, traveling in open space, it's going to take them longer to travel between clusters than it did with the Mass Effect relays. Yeah. Now, it's probably... We're probably not talking about, you know, 50 or even... or 100 years between clusters, but it'll, it'll probably take them a few years to travel just between clusters of star systems. That's true. I hadn't thought about that, that that they don't have the relays anymore. Yeah, so uh, it's possible that they may have brought some early research into the relays, but when they left the Milky Way, people still didn't understand how the mass relays worked. Yeah, they should have just brought a couple with them. Yeah, just towed them along. Dragged them along. Nothing bad happens from that. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're going to open a gate for the Reapers to jump between galaxies. No, they're fine. (laughs) Honestly, that would have been brilliant, though, because once you get there, you can now uh, transport, there's the word I'm looking for, between Mm -hmm. the Milky Way and the Andromeda through a single mass relay. Yeah, that would have made it so much easier. We are so much smarter than people that are supposedly 170 years ahead of us. Of course, at this point, everyone in the Milky Way galaxy could be dead. Could be. We don't know. They don't know. We don't know. 600 years in the future, maybe something worse than the Reapers happened. I keep seeing all this new technology in Andromeda, and it looks like Reaper technology. Oh, I know, right? That's the first thing I thought of. Crazy. I uh, I was catching up on my Mass Effect history via Wikipedia the other day, and uh, it got briefly into Andromeda. And the only thing it really talks about is the Scourge, which is this weird space phenomenon that you have to deal with. Yeah, it's like a dark Uh, energy cloud. Yeah, it's a dark matter something that they don't know what it is yet in the game as far as I've gotten through. Then they talk about the Ket, which is a race of assholes. And then they talk about the Like literally, they're just walking butts. Yeah, they're just walking butts. Soup would love those guys. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then they talk about the Remnant, which is this... They're pretty much the Protheans. They're this race that left behind technology 
that we're trying to learn from. So we, we have no idea what the heck they actually are. But on Wikipedia, it said that they were a synthetic race that seems that disappeared. All right. So classic Mass Effect of an ancient yes. alien race that left behind technology we're trying to figure out. Exactly. I was like, oh, good. They stuck with the blueprint. Yeah. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. And that's sort of uh, what what is helping them along mm-hmm. in their goal of colonization. Cool. Uh, so what alien races have you met so far? I know the cat, which the are cat? just they attack you right off the bat. Right. Right off the first planet. You come across them and they are just immediately like, kill them. Yep. Of course, they say it in their own language. And it's not for a while after you get off the planet that one of the cat speaks basic, which is what they call English in yeah. the Milky Way. Um, and with that, I was kind of like, how did they learn our language that fast? I don't know. It's just so, for cinematic so effect. Question. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I have met the Angara, which they are really cool. <clears throat> they look cool. Yeah, their heads are kind of cobra-ish. Um, yeah. Because because they've got that like wide sweeping back sort of natural hood in place of hair so that's pretty cool and then uh their deal is they're very um wary of humanity and Uh other races from the milky way because they also have had bad run-ins with the cat that when they first encountered them they were an alien race to them and they trusted them because they'd never met another alien race and then that turned on them because the cat are assholes. Yeah, stupid um, cat. So they're very untrusting. And you you have to earn their trust. Sweet. So that's pretty cool. That's sort of your first, your real first encounter with another race in, yeah. in Andromeda. But you haven't met anybody else yet? Not yet. All so right. far as I know the they haven't talked about any other races the angara so maybe on the other side of the cluster but we will see i am looking forward to it yes Mm -hmm. yeah so i was playing it the other day and Mm -hmm. cassie walks in and says what are you are you playing a game or are you watching a movie because i haven't seen you do anything (laughs) and i said yes yeah (laughs) there's there's so much dialogue and customization and side missions and cutscenes. there's really a lot to chew on but that's that's just what mass effect is uh, yeah so we can start wrapping this up here let's just give our never recommendations um uh, buy it play it love it or die yes if you are a mass effect fan you're gonna love this game and also if you want to try out mass effect it's a great jumping on point because there's really no backstory that you need to be aware of. Yeah, they they cover from what I've gone through so far, they cover all of the backstory that 
you need to learn as you go along. Mm -hmm. Um, I did notice one thing, uh, was, um, in the setup, you mention, uh, Shepard's background as you chose it for him. So I'm assuming at some point they will mention Shepard in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Probably. Cause you used to choose like in your game was Shepard a boy or a girl. And then you say boy mm-hmm. or girl. Exactly. Mine was a boy. And so then, and so then that was it. But yeah. So they'll probably bring him up. Yeah. Unless it's just for random sake. Yeah. All right, great. So that's two recommendations for me and Dan. And Dylan, I'm just going to say yes from you because if you like Madden, you'll like Mass Effect. I mean, start with them. I mean, you guys are so pleased with it. I'll just say, yeah, go ahead and get it. Cool. Dylan's on board. Yay. All right. Uh, So let's move on to film and TV. Yay. Woo. Which means, Dan, we're talking Power Rangers today. Yep, so I didn't get the chance to see it. Uh, go ahead and get out. I'm going to <laughs> leave the room. All right, Dylan, we'll come get enjoy you when we go your, back to sports. Enjoy your discussion, guys. Okay. We will. Yeah, you better. Stupid <laughs> idiots with your rap music. Bye, Dan. Austin says bye. Bye. Okay. Starting off here, right at the All top. Right, now that loser's gone. Yeah, get him out. Let's <laughs> let's talk about him behind his back, like we always do. Yeah, Dan's such an idiot. Cool. And he smells like onions. <laughs> okay, so Power Rangers. Yes, Power um, Rangers. I loved Power Rangers as a kid. Right. And I gotta tell you, man. This movie blew me away. I don't know if it did for you, but... It it did not blow me away, but it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Oh, definitely. Like, I thought it was going to be a lot like uh, the older stuff, where it was just, like, really... Like, really bad acting and just, like, campy. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be stuff like that. But it wasn't like the acting's really good. I'm really oh, yeah. impressed. I'm really impressed with the young kids they got in it. Definitely. And, uh, I also thought it was gonna be like a CGI nightmare, but I mean, there's really not that much up until uh, the third act. Yeah. Like up until the big battle at the end, there's not really a whole lot of CG. No, not which, really. Which I thought was incredible. Like I, I thought it was gonna be one of those things where like, okay, they found uh, the spaceship. And they immediately get the suits, and then they have to, like, they go into battle, and they have to, like, learn about each other through battle, kind of like how the Avengers did. Yeah. But no, like, they don't get, they don't get the suits at all at the beginning, and they have to, like, build up to that moment. And I was like, okay, that's, that is really good. Yeah. Because you make, you make us, you make us really fight for that moment. Oh, yeah. It's... It paid off so much. Like this yeah. isn't gonna spoil anything because I don't want to do spoilers. Because it, but it's in the trailer. There's that moment where they're all walking together towards the camera, where it's like in every superhero movie. And yeah, like in the trailer, it looks cool. But then yeah. seeing it in the movie in context, I I teared up a little bit. 
Like <laughs> I got super emotional because there was like that was my childhood. I'm just like those. That's the Power Rangers. This is amazing. I I I just feel like that that scene where they're all walking out I'm like that is that's badass. Yeah. And like they like exude that through the screen at you and just like we have put in so much time into this and now it's finally coming it's finally coming to fruition. Yeah. See that okay, yeah, cuz that's the great thing about this is they the people making it took it seriously. And by that I don't mean the movie itself is serious because it's very lighthearted. Yeah. It, it's really funny. There's some great funny moments. It's really fun. But like but the people, like the producers, the actors, the director, the writers, they all said people love this. Let's do it right. Yes. And so every step of the way, they put so much love and care into this movie to make it exactly what it needed to be. And that's what makes it so amazing. Which is exactly what you need to do with something like this. Like I'll, I'll compare it to a Dragon Ball evolution. Okay. We're like, so, so many people love Dragon Ball Z. I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan. And that movie that they did was hot garbage. (laughs) Yeah. Like you don't, you don't follow the manga. You don't follow the animated uh, you don't follow the anime. Like, they didn't follow anything. They're basically like, oh, we have, no, these, like, four or five main characters, and we're going to roll with that. Like, nothing about it related to the show at all. Mm-hmm. Other than the main character was Goku, uh, his grandpa's name was Gohan, and he had friends named uh, Bulma and Master Roshi. And he, and at one point, Piccolo, uh, there was a villain named King Piccolo. Like, that is literally everything that was the same of the sh- of Dragon Ball Z against Dragon Ball Evolution. And that's why nobody liked it. But this, like, I mean, you get the same character names. Now, granted, I don't remember their backstories, but, like, a, like a lot of it was very similar to uh, the, sh- the show when I was a kid. Yeah, it's... There's a lot of Power Rangers lore in this, and I don't want to talk about it because yeah. it's spoilery, but they're, yeah. like, they... When it worked, they used it. And when it needed a change, they changed it and it worked for the better. Yes. Like, I don't think that they ch- they did anything that made it worse. No, I wouldn't say that. But but also on that note, um, I want to talk about, like, the look and the design of it because it is heavily redesigned. Like, everything looks yes. different. Yes. Um, so... The suit, they showed the suits right off the bat. I was 100% on board with the suits. Yeah, the suits look really good. They look incredible. Like, they don't look exact, they don't look exactly like the older versions, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, they give, they give them kind of a newer look, like the face, like the helmet design's kind of the same. Um, mm. But like, but you like, look at it and you know it's the Power Rangers. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, it's the things. You look at it, you know it's the Power Rangers. But you also look at it now, it's like, okay, that's armor. That's not just like... Spandex. Yeah, it's not spandex. It's armor. Yeah. And so, yeah, the suits are amazing. And then I think they had pictures of Rita Repulsa. And I was like, I was kind of back and forth on that. But the more I looked at it and the more I learned about what they were trying to do with it, I got a lot more on board with it. And now I'm I'm totally on board with it now after seeing the film. (laughs) 
I'll, um, I'll be completely honest. I did not know that Elizabeth Banks was playing that role until like five minutes before the movie started. <laughs> so that was a happy surprise for you then. Yeah, I was like, ooh, Elizabeth Banks. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's interesting. I'll, I wonder how she'll do. Because she, and, I'm, I mean, we've never seen her in a role like this where she's a villain and she's nasty and that, but she didn't. She did really well. It was I great. I was impressed. Her and, yeah, everybody were just great in it. Yeah. Um, and then I think we got a look at the Zords and the Megazord. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. So, I just yeah, thought, I, I thought they were too organic. Like, I love the, like, boxy, like, you know, like kind of yeah. Pacific Rim robot yeah. of it. And they were going more of a Transformers route for these. See, I, I thought I thought that could have been done better. Yeah. The, the uh, Zords now, seeing the Zords themselves, like the individual ones in action, I, yeah. I like them a little bit more. But when you see them just standing there, it's really hard to get a grasp as to what they are. Yeah, it really is. Like, you don't... Like the old, the old cartoon, or it's not cartoon, but the old uh, kid show version. Like you knew exactly what they were. This time, like the since they're designed more futuristically, and now they're obviously computer animated. Like you just you have a hard time seeing what exactly they are. Like yeah. we know because we remember it from the nineties. Mm-hmm. But like the T Rex, obviously you know that one. Yeah, you and can pick out the T Rex and the pterodact the mm-hmm. pterodactyl. And then um, kind of the saber tooth. Yep. And then I honestly could not tell you what the black or the blue ones were. The black one is supposed to be a mastodon, but it was I, not. It did not look like a. It had six legs. Yeah. I don't know what the hell it was. And it, the blue one's supposed to be a triceratops, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I got nothing from that. Yeah. It kind of looked like it, like, but also all those creatures did not live in the same period. Yeah, that's details I, this has been a thing way before but now <laughs> since like they address in the movie it's like they all take the all the zords take the shape of the strongest creatures at, on the planet at that time like how those creatures didn't all live in the same period because science dylan because logic is flawed in movies yes. which i understand and mm-hmm. i'm a nerd but it's okay <laughs> and so then obviously they all come together <laughs> And form the Megazord to fight Goldar. Well, and I was also confused on the Megazord. It's like, none of them did anything to, like, make that happen. They didn't know it could happen. But because they got pushed into this pit, it happened by magic. I mean, I like it. I like how they did it because it's like, teamwork, we're doing this together. And then so the Zords, you know, do it together. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that works. But I don't know how the Zords fit just, together to create the Megazord. Yeah, that's weird too. It's too, it's too well, organic. I, I, I was really hoping for like during that part where like they're getting pushed back by Galdar, that uh, one of them just would like look at a panel and be like, "Hey, what's this do?" <laughs> and he hits the button, and they just form Megazord. That would have been great. I was like, I was like, that would have been awesome. Yeah. But no, instead it's just like, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, this is going to happen. Teamwork. T- teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah, so I don't really like the design of the Megazord. Hopefully they can rework that it, it, for the sequels. It, like, the Megazord basically looked exactly like Optimus Prime. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, a few subtle differences, but... 
They also and they also made a Transformers reference in it too. So, oh yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Sorry, right. Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but overall, so overall, it's a really great looking movie. All the design. It it's shot really well. There's some really great shots in there. Um, but I really enjoyed the the whole design and look of it. Yeah. Is they updated it really well. Like the only things I have against it are like really nitpicky stuff that have to do with like characters and a little bit of the story. Like yeah. like like the whole thing with the uh, all the creatures not being in the same time period. Yeah, but and that's then, just because you're a grumpy old man. It's true. I'll, I'll I'm, I won't dispute that. Like the first thing I had right off the bat was uh the girl goes into the bathroom to talk to her friends and then ends up cutting her hair with the scissors. Yeah. I was like, first off, what high school girl is that intense that they cut her out of a picture and then stab it to the wall with scissors? That is straight up high school all the time, man. Dude, I don't remember high school like that. I totally bought it. But then like, then like, and these aren't like hair cutting scissors. These are regular scissors. She just goes and cuts her hair. I'm like, it wouldn't come out like that. And then it's flawless. Yeah, it's perfect and then everyone's like oh my god she looks so much better she looked good before that yeah but they had to cut her hair so that she looked different from the other power ranger girl well she just she just looks edgier now yeah uh but so while we're on the subject of the characters i really love these characters like they're not just teenagers with attitude and then they're all like kind of the same like they all have their own personalities the relationships between them and interactions are great and Mm -hmm. like you just you fall in love with the characters and root for them and that's something that's really hard to do is to get the audience 100% on board with with the main characters especially when there's five of them that they have to like yeah I did like how, well, like, at first they introduced uh, the Black Ranger and the Yellow Ranger uh, as just, like, they just kind of, like, oh, by the way, these kids are here. Yeah. But then event, but then they go back and, like, create the backstory. Yeah, you yeah you learn more about uh, them, and, and then they, st- they interact more with the other three Rangers. And I also, my, I have to say my favorite part of it, um, when they have they have the fire on the mountain and they're all like sitting there sharing, yeah. And while they're talking, I'm sitting there in the back of my head. I'm like, this is a total Breakfast Club moment. Oh, definitely. Like this is the scene in the Breakfast Club when they're all sitting around detention talking about why they're there and giving their life stories and how they hate their parents. I'm like, this is exactly the same thing. <laughs> it's pretty great and it works. It's it's yeah. really great. Yeah, it's great because you get to learn more about the characters. You get to understand why they are the way they are. And again, you get a chance to root for them. Yeah. True. Uh, but yeah, so they have great great characterization. Uh, so much heart written into these characters. The story mm-hmm. is pretty straightforward. It's basically just uh, heroes need to protect a thing that the villain wants to destroy the world. Yes. I mean, it's pretty basic, uh, typical, classic superhero origin story, you know, where you're given these powers that you don't know what they are. You got to learn to use them. You maybe jump into things too early. 
maybe. And then you have the big fight at the end. So like, it's pretty simple, but when you do it right, it's, it's good. And I think they did do, they did it right. They did. I mean, they did it and they've left it open to sequels too, which obviously they're going to do that. Yeah. Uh, the creator, (laughs) Hayim Sabin has said that they have a six picture movie arc in mind, which, uh, yeah. And I read that before I saw the movie and I was like, Oh gosh, man, don't, I don't know if I want that. Like I like the power Rangers, but that's a lot. And now after seeing it, I'm totally ready for five more. Like I saw it with one of my work friends and after we walked out, I was just, I was so pumped up and I was, and I said, I could walk back in and watch that movie again right now and still enjoy it. Cause I loved it that much. I I clearly didn't like it as much as you did, but I I mean, like I said, I thought it was just going to be terrible. I thought it was going to be a CG nightmare Mm -hmm. and it, I mean, it ended up being a very good movie, and I I enjoyed myself. I, I I mean, if someone would ask me to go see it again, I probably would, but I'm I probably won't go myself again. Yeah, there's enough really great moments throughout the whole thing that I think anybody would enjoy it. Like if you're a if you're a big Power Rangers fan, definitely go see it. You're gonna love it. Yeah, just like I did. But even like just a normal person. <laughs> Like, not a not a crazy Power Rangers lover, just a normal moviegoer. I think they're gonna like it too. Yep. Um, and it's got right now. It's got a forty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes with the critics, which for a movie like Power Rangers, that's actually not bad. No. Um, but it has an eighty one percent audience score, out of thirty one thousand eight hundred and seventy two. And it's got which, a 4.1 out of 5 as an average rating. I mean, which that'll always happen with the fans, especially when you do something right. Yeah. Like, the, like then, if the fans are on board, then that's really all that matters. Yeah. And they're totally on board because it's now done 40.5 million domestic and 60 million worldwide, which is actually nice. the domestic box is more than they had predicted. And yep. worldwide, the 60 is a little low, but it hasn't hit Japan yet, which is oh, where it originated. Yep. So and it's going to blow up there. Say once you hit Japan, it'll, it'll take off. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend this movie to everybody. Um, Dylan, what do you, do you recommend it? Uh, I, I mean, if you're a fan of Power Rangers, I definitely recommend it. If you're not a fan of Power Rangers, I'll still say go see it if you have time. Yeah. Um, I've honestly like you told me it was really good. I've had other friends that have gone to see it and they thought it was amazing too. Um don't don't listen to me if you're if you're not sure about it because again, I I I thought it was good, but I didn't I'm not I'm not absolutely in love with it. But that's understandable. <clears throat> I think it is well, it is know, worth was, your was, time and money. Yes, it's definitely worth time and money. Cool. I I I was okay with spending my $7. <laughs> awesome. Um, so that'll wrap it up. We can move on to sports. Do you want to go get Dan back in here? Dan! I think he's coming. Is he coming? I think he's coming. Did he hear you? I don't know. Okay. Dan! Dan, it's time for sports! Yay! There he is! (laughs) By the way, Dan heard everything. 
No, just what I said as I left. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Hello, Daniel. Hello. Dan's back. So we should stop not saying that. Well, I don't ever stop that. <laughs> Dan, for film and TV, literally Constant all we happening. talked about was how amazing you are. Oh, <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> My life is a movie. Well, TV show. It's, the it's more show. like a TV show because the acting and camera angles are terrible. <laughs> it's like Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and you're a pile of shit. <laughs> Direct quote. <laughs> all right, cool. All right. So what are we doing for sports today? I know. Well, massacring baby seals. Whoa. <laughs> for sport. <laughs> Should not be for sports. <laughs> you are a sick, sick man. Uh, well, the doctor said that. But uh, well, actually, for sports, we're uh, we're gonna take a step down from massacring baby seals <laughs> for pleasure. Okay. And for sport, not for pleasure. Um, Get it right. Yeah, yeah. That's n- never mind. I'm not getting into this argument <laughs> with you right now. Uh, we're gonna talk about the NBA. But first off, uh, real quick, I want to do a recap of the NCAA tournament so far. Okay. Uh, we are now officially down to the final four. We all suck. Which mm-hmm. is, yeah, we all suck at our brackets. I think uh, that's all. all I actually agreement. still have Oregon and UNC. You are an asshole. In our bracket, but in my work mm. bracket, I'm done. And in my family bracket, I'm done. I don't have any you, teams left. You in, have Oregon going to the championship, don't you? Yeah, and losing to Baylor. that's right but he's still got a better chance than either of us because Oregon so clearly Austin is the winner of our bracket challenge yeah fist pump in the air because it's a podcast and you can't see me do that (laughs) (laughs) but uh, so our final four teams are uh, South Carolina who will play play Gonzaga that sentence has literally never been spoken before right and then uh, Oregon, who will play North Carolina. Who just had a crazy game against Kentucky. Yes. I watched the end of that before I came here. That was insane. Mm-hmm. But so, uh, insane. so we have a team that's never made a Final Four playing another team who's never made a Final Four and a team playing its second playing in its second Final Four since the induction of the tournament in 1939, yep. playing North Carolina, who's literally there every year, it seems like. Pretty much, yeah. So yeah. North Carolina's obviously the veteran. <laughs> the only veteran. And, and three rookies. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because South Carolina's never made it. Gonzaga finally made it after so many years of being in the tournament and always losing <laughs> in the Elite Eight. Yeah. Yeah. And seriously, Oregon made it the first year the tournament started in 1939, and then they just made it again this year. 77 oh my years. Gosh, I consider that more impressive than uh, Northwestern getting into the tournament for the first time. Yeah, and I Soup. say that because Soup's going to be really mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to discuss that with him in two weeks when he's on. We will. Sorry, folks. And, and because we'll discuss that, it'll take up the entire sports segment. Therefore, Soup won't be able to talk about anything else. <laughs> awesome. So, so yeah, that's the the tournament right now. Um, I'm not even going to try and predict a championship game and a champion because every time I do that, it doesn't work out. Dude, I don't know. Dude, in the... Uh, Gonzaga versus Oregon. That, see, that's my guess too, but it'll probably be wrong. <clears throat> you know what? Just because I want to say I was right when it happens, I'm going to say South Carolina wins the whole thing. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna say ooh, I'm gonna say the championship is gonna be a battle of the Carolinas. Ooh. South versus North. That would be amazing. Sexy. I wanna see that. The Carolinas would be going crazy. I think the at that point game. I think at that point they would settle their differences and just become one Carolina. <laughs> I don't see it happening. <laughs> And in East the spe- side would and in burn the spe- to the ground. And in the spirit of that, the Dakotas would also settle their differences, and then we would go be down to 48 states. Perfect. Which would leave room for Puerto Rico. But then nah. Virginia would split and become East Virginia. <laughs> and Middle Virginia. Well, Virginia, East Virginia, and West Virginia. <laughs> yes. In a few years, there'll be a North and South Virginia with just this one city in the middle that is Virginia. <laughs> City-state. <laughs> Alright, so enough of the state debate. So, mm. <clears throat> you're weird. Steak debate. <laughs> mm. um, so, I did that uh, redemption bracket you talked about last week, Austin, where they have the uh, Sweet 16 you have to pick from there. Right. And literally, I picked the first four games wrong. <laughs> like I went time for some in. redemption. Oh, never I, mind. Did, like <laughs> I was wrong. Oh my! It was like it was like a redemption <laughs> shot in beer pong. We have to toss it behind your back, and you literally throw it backwards. <laughs> I was, like I picked two games right in the entire redemption bracket. My, I picked. I think uh, you're doing it wrong. I had I had UNC <laughs> playing Kentucky, and. Yeah, that was it. Like, and that, that was I didn't think South Carolina would win. I thought West Virginia was gonna upset Gonzaga. I didn't I don't even think South Carolina thought South Carolina would win. I I think at this point they think they could win it all. They're gonna They're do it. They're drunk. <laughs> you heard it here first, <clears throat> folks. From Aust- from Austin's whore mouth. Yeah, it really is a whore mouth. <laughs> yep. All right. <clears throat> All right, so that's our recap of the NCAA tournament. Now yep. we're going to get into a discussion that uh, <clears throat> yeah, we're going to discuss the NBA yet again because again? because it's the only <laughs> thing making news right now. Uh, that's true. Football's <clears throat> over. Baseball hasn't started. Fo- football's in that gray area between free agency and the draft. Uh, baseball's still in spring training. We did wrap up the World Baseball Classic, but I mean. We could talk about America winning all we want, but can you name me three guys that played for America? Me? George Washington. <laughs> See, and we're out. Uh, yeah, and hockey just doesn't have a whole lot of headlines. Like, there's, there's, just, there's just not much with any other sport. Now, with the NBA, yeah. I'm not talking about anything that actually happened with it. I'm basically going to pose a theory that the NBA could do to where it can stop sucking so much dick. Oh, that's good, actually. Yes. So, and this is based off a discussion I heard on the radio the other day. Ooh, the radio. <clears throat> yes. I hear that uh, radio killed the radio stars. It indeed did. So, it was these two people on 670 The Score in Chicago. And one of them posed a situation, no, there's so many, uh, there's so many college basketball players that, are coming out and saying they should be getting paid because the colleges sell uh, their likeness. They sell jerseys with their number on them and they don't see any money from it. Like the university's profiting off of them going to school there for one year. And it's like, yeah, but you get a year of a free education. I mean, right. yeah, like that's, that, that's literally the, tra- that's literally the trade off. We give you a free year of education at a prestigious school 
and then we get to take pictures of you and sell them for lots of money. Which deal with it. A lot of people That's don't see it as a fair off. trade. A lot of people don't see it as a fair trade. Um, me personally, I don't care. I didn't get a free education. Nope. So you can go suck it. <laughs> uh, so a lot of people are saying like, well, what can we do to fix this? Like, should they get, should they get paid? Nope. Should they just suck it up? And then a lot of people are saying, well, why can't you just let them go from high school to the NBA again? Cause that used to be what everyone did. That's what Kobe did. Dwight Howard, uh, Sean Livingston. <laughs> like there's the list goes LeBron on. LeBron James. LeBron James, Kevin Garnett. Like, the list goes on and on. That's what it used to do. But then the NBA made it where you had to go to college or play overseas for a year before you could join the NBA. Which I thought was the, a good decision at the time, but I also thought they should have made it like the NFL, where you have to go to college for three years yes. before you can join. Because then after three years, you develop some ties at that university. It then becomes at least a harder decision. A lot of these kids that play in college for one year, they have no emotional ties to the universities they play at. It's just, this is my step before I go to the NBA and make a bunch of money. Yep. Yeah. So, here's the theory that I propose. What if you let high schoolers declare for the NBA right after high school, but instead of them being put on an NBA team, you make them join the D-League? Yeah. Make them join the developmental league for a year. And then, because they'll still get paid when they play in the D League. Yep. They just won't get paid as much. Yep. Yeah. And then when that year's done, you, you then give them a choice. Do they want to move up to the team that drafted them? Or do they want to become a free agent and then get signed by whoever? Hmm. Because, and it's, and it's, the best of, it's the best for really everybody. Like, with the NBA, you then... Uh, you then get people to watch the D-League. Like, right now, the D-League's a bunch of guys that nobody really cares about. But if you had, like, Lonzo Ball and uh, Josh Hart and a bunch of other guys who are kind of one-and-dones, like, imagine, like, the year that Kentucky literally had an A-team and a B-team yeah. that all went mm-hmm. to the NBA. Yeah. Imagine if all ten of those guys, like, went to a developmental league for a year and played on all different teams. Like, you'd want to watch that. You'd want to watch them face off against each other. Or at least maybe a little bit more than you do now. Because Dan's just sitting here shaking his head like, I don't want to watch yeah. it. Well, Dan doesn't like basketball. <laughs> I want to watch I, basketball I, in general. I really, so. don't, I, I really don't either, but like... The, the general <clears throat> populace that does watch basketball yeah. would be more inclined to watch it. Well, mm-hmm. and the competition level is a little bit better than what college is. Because, I mean, there's college games where it's like... You're playing nothing schools. Yes. You know you're going to win 100 to 20. Like, <laughs> I mean, not quite that, but by 40 I've points. Seen it. Yeah, you're going to win by like 40, 50 points. So in this case, you then have guys that are all, you know, better. it's better competition. And then, I mean, for a lot of these guys that end up being bust, you get to see them in a year against better competition, and you get to see, oh, maybe they're not as good as we thought they were. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, so yeah. for the it's good for the NBA because it gets people to watch the D League, which brings in more revenue for them. Yeah, it's good for the players because then they get a year of at least some kind of paycheck. Yeah, and a lot of them come from disadvantaged backgrounds anyway. So literally, their whole goal is to go make money. Correct. So give them that little bit of paycheck, so they can stop their whining. They can 
pay their mom and dad's bills, pay their own stuff. They don't have to worry about trying to pick a college. That's true. That is usually a stressful thing to do. Yeah. Especially when it's, you know, for just a year of your life. Yeah. And then it even works out for colleges, too, because for the universities, they now don't have to worry about giving away a scholarship to someone who's only going to be there a year. They can give a scholarship to a kid who's maybe not as good, but he's going to be there three, four years. You then get more of a team concept than just a, hey, let's feed the ball to this kid because he's trying to get to the NBA. Mm -hmm. You don't have this whole superstar mentality when it comes to college teams. Like... Honestly, I can't I can't tell you players that like aren't one and done guys. Yeah, in, no. in college, I really can't. Like I I mean immediately when I think of college players, I think of Lonzo Ball. I really don't have anything else. Like and I know there's a lot of uh okay, uh Malik Monk is another good one. But yeah. like all the best players I can think of are one and done guys. Like I really like I I'm I think I got spoiled by the University of Illinois in the early two thousands because literally you had guys there who were there for three four years yeah like it was yeah. a team concept and they still ended up going to the NBA or going to play overseas they like they went on to play professionally yeah but it was just so great that you got to see these kids for four years develop their games get better and they had a sense of loyalty to the university now you get all these guys that are just like oh I'm here for a year and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. So you get more loyal players for college. Colleges get to spend those scholarships on kids that actually deserve it and need it. And also for a lot of these kids that can't get the scholarships to like a UCLA or a North Carolina or anything like that, they, instead of them having to go to uh, mid, uh, mid-level schools or like Division two. They now get to be part of those big programs, which helps their game even better, which maybe helps them progress to the point where they can be in the NBA and become a star. And again, it spreads out the competition. Mm -hmm. I'm just so sick and tired of this NBA attitude where you have four or five good teams and everyone else sucks. Perfect example of that. Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns dropped 70 points in a game. What? The Phoenix Suns scored 120 points. And they lost by 10. What? Yes. Yes. This was a thing. Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns, who, I mean, is a good player, but I didn't think he was 70 points good. It's the most points anyone scored in an NBA game since Kobe dropped 81. So, like, right right now it's like Wilt Chamberlain, Kobe Bryant, Devin Booker. Wow. It's insane. I... And I just remember, I thought I, re- I had thought I read the headline wrong. It said Devin Booker dropped 70 points in Suns' loss. I'm like, no, you mean win, right? And I looked, and they <laughs> lost 130 to 120. Like, yes. how do you drop 70, the rest of your team drops 50, and you lose? Like, no defense. Oh my, it's just, it's terrible. Knock it off, NBA. It, <laughs> and it's just, it makes no sense. Like, again, you have the, you have the Cavs, the Warriors, the Spurs, um... I, I honestly like those are the top three teams. Um, uh, oh. The Celtics are doing really well right now because <clears throat> the, they they have Isaiah Thomas. Um, the oh, 
I mean, OKC okay, so yeah, would be really... has been doing well, they're, but not well, great. Westbrook's been doing really well. The rest of the team, not so much. Yeah, that, but that's, that's the problem. Point. Is like, it Basically, every other team is like the Bulls in the mid-'80s when Jordan got there. Yeah. Like, you have your, you have your clear-cut best player. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else is just kind of average. And then you have your super teams where you have three, four all-stars. And... Everyone else is just kind of shit out of luck. I, I I just want more competition. And it's just really weird that the fact that, like, in the last 30 years in the NBA, there's only been, like, seven or eight different champions in a league that has 30 teams. I feel like that, that should really? not be the case. I mean, look it up. I'm going to give that a Googs, as yeah, they you say. Give, you give that a Google. That. I may not be accurate on that. But I've never heard planet. I'm going to give that a googs. Where did you get that from? The Weekly Planet Podcast. Are you even a listener? Jeez, you suck. Why are you yeah, talking I'm about other podcasts up. on our podcast? Because We can you, promote other podcasts. It's, it's an open network of podcasts. Like It's a very warm, welcoming community. You're yes. an open network of podcasts. We love each other. Am I? I don't know. Am I the internet? But... Well, perfect example, like, not, uh, not from, from 1990 to 2000, there were four different champions Yep. in, in, the, in the NBA. You had mm-hmm. uh, the Pistons, you had the Bulls, the Rockets, <clears throat> and then the Spurs. And then from 2000 to 2010, uh, I want to say the Lakers. I know, I know the Lakers. I think the Spurs won another couple. The Celtics won one in there. You want the last 30 years? Just, I mean, give me whatever. Okay. Because I feel like it's just like the same four teams that are playing in the conference finals every year. And basically you're just mix-matching the uh, NBA finals. Because I know know the the Cavs won it last year. The Warriors won it the year before that. Um, The Heat. Have won it. I'm trying to think of other teams. There aren't any. I'm saying I'm drawing serious blanks. I think that's it. Mavericks. Well, Mavericks. uh, Spurs are in there somewhere. Oh my gosh, Dylan. What? I think. Let me let me recheck. Am am I right? But it was nine. I think. Am I right? Nine teams in the last. Oh my Um, gosh. Let me double check. And that's so let's the count. thing. Lakers, Pistons, Bulls, Rockets, mm-hmm. Spurs, mm-hmm. Lakers again, mm-hmm. Spurs again, Pistons again, mm-hmm. Spurs again. Heat. Are you going to read off all 30? No, I'm no, going just, by teams, you idiot. This is the oh, thing. Okay. Is he's already like 20 years in. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and we're Celtics at 16. At seven. Uh, Lakers again. Mavericks. There they are. Warriors, Cavaliers. So 10. 10, ten, ten teams. In, 30 years. in the last 30 years, 10 teams won. A third of the league has won championships in the last 30 years. You have to go back to 1983 to get to the 11th team. Well, Dylan, like, I like that theory that you have. And it's not very often that we get NBA fan theories. It's true. <laughs> So that's fun. Hey, sports can have theories too. <laughs> cool. Or can they? All right. Yeah, so, so before so, we wrap up this episode, 
Uh, we do have a corrections and omissions. Yay. And this is yes. a real one today. Yes. Uh, yes. This one is last not week, up. Last week, we spent the entire Geekdom section. Uh, I think it was Geekdom. Yes. Yes. yes it was. Okay, sure. Uh, talking about what's going to happen when Chris Evans leaves because his contract is up. Uh, we're all going to cry a lot. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that he's actually open to returning. So Yay! we jumped the gun a little bit. Well, when new information surfaces. Well, you know what? It's his fault for letting those rumors arise. Yeah. Yeah. But I still, think, I still think what we talked about is still going to happen. Yeah. And they'll mm-hmm. just work around. I mean, they'll keep him on, but they'll work around it. I think it's most likely. Mm-hmm. Mm. They could bring uh, him back as like a force vision ghost. Ooh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> they are both owned by Disney. Yep. All right, well, right so that is it for this episode of The Shakedown. Yay. Uh, you can email us if you have any questions or anything or you just want to chat. You can email us at theshakedownpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Shakedown Pod. Uh, also, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. Yes. And we have our own website. It's darknebulaentertainment.com, and you can find it under the Shakedown tab at the top. So that is it, everybody. Thank you for listening. I'm Austin Stevens. I'm Dan Schweizer. And I'm Dylan Webster. And this has been The Shakedown. Let's do this shit. Do we have our whatever it's the shakedown? No. <laughs> no. Uh, um, well, I, I said drink away your misery. I like that one. Okay. Uh, Dan, we'll it's yours. That. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Drink uh, away your misery. Long time from now in a galaxy 600 years away. It's Star Battles. Go, go out and see it. Are you telling me there's a way to make the NBA not a shit show? Drink away your misery. It's time for the shakedown. This week's episode is brought to you by disappointing your family. Because it's what we're doing right now. Time for geekdom. You realize I have to still introduce the podcast, right? Ah, no. (laughs) I was going to say, like, are we just going to piece the the whole thing together? (laughs) Practice round, right? Wait, Austin. You guys also haven't done fuck, the clap we yet. We never fucking synced. I know. Okay, let's oh, sync. Oh, that's wasted. That was an excellent practice round, guys. Okay, let's <laughs> let's sync and then do this for real. <laughs> Damn it! The show's already off the rails. We haven't even started yet. All right, here we go. Let's sync. Okay. Okay. Three, two. One. Oh, that was perfect on my end. <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, you were a little, you were a little off on our end. Yeah, yeah but he always is. <clears throat> Shh, that's a joke, Dan.
Okay. Um, are we ready to start this shiznit for real this time? <laughs> I guess so. Okay, Dan, uh, start it when you're ready and let me introduce the podcast this time. <laughs> I'll try. Okay, go ahead.